Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. We combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is Martin Solomon. Martin is known as the architect of the Warrior Life Code. He specializes in helping people frustrated in their life quickly shift their mindset to uncover their greatness so they can live their true potential and enjoy life. An example of what he's achieved is a client like Roberta who lost a six-figure job due to COVID and came to Martin depressed and felt very lost. Within a short time, he had, quote, direction, focus, and renewed energy around all the possibilities I could pursue in getting back on track to enjoy life. The key to his success is he's mastering the ability to live incredibly full every day, which he turned into the acronym LIFE and created the Warrior Life Code coaching program. So please welcome to the show, Martin Salama. Martin, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Bob. I'm excited to be here with you. Great, great. Well, if we can, let's tell people, you know, you just don't wake up one day and all of a sudden you're, you know, happy-go-lucky guy. Let's let's tell people your how you got to where you are, a little bit about you, if you would, please. Well, there are some people who do wake up and they've been a happy-go-lucky <laughs> person their whole life. I'm not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Let me go back to when I was a child because it kind of set the stage for the next 40 years of my life. Okay. Uh, so when I was 10 years old, I had a tragedy in my life that affected me, like I said, for 40 years. And I have four older sisters and a younger brother. Uh, I was 10. He was five. And unfortunately, uh, and one day, it was almost 50 years ago, he was killed by a school bus. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was, it was terrible. It was just absolutely terrible. And looking back now, I could easily say that was the worst day of my entire life. Yeah. You know, as it was for my parents. Oh yeah. I can't, I can't even fathom that. I just, wow. Right. Right. Losing a child at that age is just devastating. And it's, it's, it, they were distraught for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to say that they were able to turn around and do things, community minded things uh, in his memory, in his name. Uh, for example, it took a while for my mother, but someone reached out to her about another woman who had lost a child and the two of them got together and they decided they started, started a bereavement group. Okay. Right. And then I come from a small Jewish community. So when someone passes away, you have a week of condolence calls. So they would go during that week and tell women who lost children, I know how you feel. Right. And for, for over 40 years, she did that and made an impact. So, you know, that's a side note, uh, because it's important to recognize that uh, my parents took things that were tragedies. And it took a while, like I said, yeah. and was able to channel that into some beautiful things that they did uh, in his memory, which leave, have left a lasting legacy. But for me at 10 years old, yeah. Here I am thinking, oh, my God, I'm the only boy left talking about legacy. I've got to now carry on the mantle yeah. of the name, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so at that moment, I could look back now and realize that's the day I became a people pleaser. Ah, oh, wow. Because I wanted to make sure my parents were always going to be happy. Right. 
You know, they've just gone through this horrific tragedy. And I'm thinking to myself, I got to make sure they never feel anything like that again. Right. Not that some of that was in my control, but, you know, I'm just thinking, let me do the best I can do. Uh, So I I went on a path of of becoming their person of whatever they wanted. If I said, oh, I was thinking about doing this. No, you should do this. Oh, okay. That's what I'm going to do. And along with that, I found looking back now, you know, 2020 is hindsight. Yeah. Hindsight is 2020, I should yeah. say. I became, uh, I, be, I, I was, I took things personally. Right. I was a control freak. Uh, I, I had to have attention recognition for all the things I was doing. You know, if I'm going to be a people pleaser, at least everybody, yeah. hey, there he is, the guy, he did it. <laughs> and, and I had a very short temper. Oh. And all those things are combined. You know, if you're going on your road to do things and things aren't going your way, you take it personally. Yeah. Your control is out of, out of your hands and you lose it. (laughs) And that's how it was for the next 40 years. I got married. I was trying to make my parents happy. I was trying to trying to make my wife happy and everybody else happy. It's just not possible, but I would rationalize that I was doing it for the greater good. Right. You know, and looking back now, uh, it took me 40 years to recognize that the word rationalize is really two words that I've trademarked. It's rational lies. Ah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I, I was telling you earlier, I came up with a, a card deck yeah. of my coaching, Warrior to Warrior. And one of the cards is about rational lies. Whenever you think you may be doing something that goes against your values. You will rationalize why all the reasons why it's okay. What you're really doing is lying to yourself that it's rational to think that. They're nothing more than rational lies. Wow. So, you know, it's it. Yeah, you think about that a minute, Bob. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> That's something. Wow. I mean, you could even do it to the smallest thing. Yeah. I got up this morning with the intention of working out, but I was just too tired. So I didn't do it. That's a rational lie. Right. You're right. rationalizing that you're too tired, so I won't I won't work out. Yeah. So now that that's in, out there, Bob, I'm sure when something comes up in your mind, you're going to go, is that a rational lie? <laughs> right. <laughs> it is, and it does. It makes you start to think everything you're doing, okay, could I do this? Probably. You know, it's, it's, it is a form of discipline. It's that form of getting up when you like, you know, if the alarm goes off, don't hit the snooze. You don't, you you set the alarm for a time that you think was appropriate for what you got to do. Get up, you know, and then, you know, everything else, the same thing, you know, it's, that's a good way to think of it because it really makes people think as they're doing something immediately, should I continue? Should I not do this vice? You know, it really, you know, it's that Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder right away. So that's (laughs) good. (laughs) <laughs> and believe me, over the over the years as a life coach, I've had people tell me they felt like I was Jiminy Cricket when I wasn't there. So like on my the 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 the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the angel and the devil. Devil, yeah. Martin on shoulder. You really want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> I had you on my shoulder, Martin. I'm like, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit um more about you know the the warrior life code. I live, yeah. you know, if you could that acronym sure. is so good. Tell yeah. us more about that because I think that's important for people to realize. Oh, 100%. But let me give you a little more background. So yeah. here I am. It's 40 years into this. It's about 2008. It's almost 40 years since this has happened. Yeah. Uh, and about 35, actually. And um, and and 2008 was an interesting year, right? Yeah. Uh, so my wife and I were five years working on a multi-million dollar health club project. 
and, and that started out in 2003, around 2003, 2004. When she came to me, she said, you're closing a business. You're looking for something to do, which I really wasn't, but okay. You know, <laughs> and, and I'm having trouble finding a place to play tennis. There's no courts around. I just started playing. I can't find courts. Maybe we should look into opening a tennis place. I'm like, okay. Deep down inside, it's the people pleaser again saying, okay, yeah. this is what she wants. Now, I'm not blaming her for anything that's happened here, but I'm just looking back now. I can say I could have easily said, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but, you know, I said, okay, we're going to do this logically and so on and so forth. We went, we got a feasibility study. The feasibility study said, no, tennis is not enough. You've got to add a health club in because it's not going to make you enough money, so on and so forth. Okay, great. Now we go look for the land and we do, we do all that. We negotiate. Now we got to go for for, for uh, architecture and engineers. And once you get that, you got to go to the city and the state yeah. and, and get the, get the, you know, the zoning, uh, the, everything right. you can imagine. So that took us five years. Wow. Imagine if it was 2006 or 2007, I went to the bank. I go, okay, this is how much I need. I need $15 million. They were like, here you go. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> that what was happening back then. They didn't care. Yeah. Oh yeah. Giving money away. <laughs> Well, as fate would have it, it would for me, it would be the summer of 2008. So I go to the bank. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. They're like, we're now. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's the uh, things are slowing down. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, we'll see what happens. A month later, Bernie Madoff, subprime loans. The world turns upside down. And you know what? It took me along for the roller coaster ride, and I went upside down too. Wow. And I laugh about it now, but yeah. that. You know, I was broke. Yeah. I stopped paying my mortgage. I stopped paying my car payments. A couple of months later, dad, dad, they're towing away your car. Yeah. Wow. I was repossessed. Yeah. <laughs> they foreclosed on the house. Right. But I lived in New Jersey and there were so many foreclosures. It took them a while to get to us. But they eventually did. Yeah. So this is going on. I'm like, oh, my God. So it took me a year to get through this situational depression. Right. You know, it's obvious that that's what's going on. So I finally get through it with some therapy, with some coaching, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I go, okay, now what do I want to do? You know, now that I figured this all out, where do I want to go? Do I really want to go back into business again? You know, get investors. What even so who's going to trust me? Right. Right. <laughs> you start yeah. thinking all those things. I go, you know what? Over the years, the thing I was most excited about doing was I was also a community-minded person, thanks to my parents. Right. Uh, I, I can I can very proudly say that I was the founder of the first synagogue in Eatontown, New Jersey. Wow. And you know, on those Saturday mornings when you needed to get ten men for for services on a Saturday morning, I'd be out with the rabbi waking guys up. Come on, we need you. We need <laughs> you. Now there's over four hundred families in that in that. Wow. Family. Very good. And here's a side story. <clears throat> About a year into this project of us doing that, my, I turned to my father, I go, dad, we're ready to build a building. You know, he goes, okay, here's $50,000 if you name the building after your brother. Right, okay. so it's, wow. uh, so yeah. it's got his Hebrew name in the, in the name of the synagogue. But anyway, Good. so I realized I love doing that stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I love most as a leader was showing other people that even a little bit of time you could give us you could become something much more than you think. Mm -hmm. I realized I was a life coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It dawns on you. It's like, wow. Hey, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, okay, let me start looking into that. I started looking into life coaching. I found a school. It's going to be a few months away that it's going to start. It's near my home. All that good. 
about two months before that, it's my 24th wedding anniversary. And my wife says, I'm done. I want a divorce. Wow. I'm like, there's 364 other days in the year. Yeah. I know you had to do it today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was the romantic one. I'd be the one that did all the romantic stuff. But anyway, so I was, I was devastated again. Yeah. You know, just as I'm picking myself up again. I said, you know what? I'm going to go through life coaching anyway. And I probably, I think God was on my shoulders there. Like we talked about earlier. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, what are you going to do now? Right. You're know, going to keep going or you're going to fold up. Yeah. And I, and I kept going. Yeah. And that first week in a training, that coach training, they said, okay, you don't have to be who you think you have to be. You can be who you want to be. Hmm. I was like, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they gave us a couple of books to read. And one of them was, and they said, pick from here, read a couple of them. I read The Four Agreements by Doc, by Don Miguel Ruiz. Okay. You ever read that one? I have not. Put it on your list. Okay. All right. So Four I'll go through The Four Agreements real quick, but it was just the second one that really got me. Uh-huh. Number one, be impeccable with your word. Number two, don't take anything personally. Ah. Number three, don't make any assumptions. Mm-hmm. And number four, always do your best. Okay. Now, one and four, I might have always, I always get them, but those are the four of them. Okay. But when I read, don't take anything personally, and I read that chapter about it, I was like, oh my God, this is me. This wow. is who I am. Everything that happens, I put it on my shoulders and the world is for me to create and make sure that everything works. And if I don't, the world's going to fall apart. Right? But does it really? No. Yeah, No. <laughs> But Don Miguel Ruiz, you know what? He told me a secret that people have been telling me my entire life. But until that moment, I just wasn't ready. Right. So uh, one of us froze. You know, hopefully this is still recording. Yes. <laughs> we figure out if it's me. So there I don't know go. if you heard me. One of us froze. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So I, I realized that I could, I was taking everything personally. And that I was always the one that was trying to make everybody else happy. Okay. Well, the first thing is that I said, okay, this is going to be hard, but I'm going to first start out by saying, first comes me, as long as I'm not hurting anybody else. I basically took on the airplane mentality, put the mask on myself first. Right. You know, that started the going through coach training, got me to understand who I wanted to be. Not what I wanted to be, who I wanted to be. Hmm. And I wanted to be the best version of me for me, not right. for my ex-wife, not for my children, not for my parents, not for anybody else. And, uh, you know, it was tough. It really was tough. But looking back now is the greatest journey I could have ever gone through. Right. And that's a heck of a journey. I mean, you talk about ups and downs, and, and this is what we talk about a lot on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast is the idea that, you know, life will do that to us. You didn't have any control over the economy, um, you know, but, you know, you were getting into it with good faith. You were definitely building something good. And then all of a sudden stuff happens. You didn't, you sure as heck weren't guaranteeing that your wife was going to be there for, you know, more time. And, and all of a sudden here's that, but, right. um, you know, you were able to adapt to overcome. I mean, how has that built your attitude now and your mindset now? I mean, right. it's, it's, Fortunately, we don't see scars on you. You may have big <laughs> scars on your back, but you know. <laughs> well, unfortunately, there are some scars, but they're they're inside. Yeah. Okay. 
But the beauty about them is, is that I don't let them hold me back. Right. You know, I read a, a wonderful book a few years ago by a, a Holocaust survivor. Mm-hmm. Her name is Edith Egger. Okay. And the book is called The Choice. Okay. And she was one of these women that came up in front of the doctor of death in the in, in Auschwitz, wow. Mengele. Mm-hmm. And she was 14 at the time or something like that. And she just started dancing in front of him. <laughs> right? And he's like, wow. okay, he pointed in the right direction. Wow. Right. And for her, she looked at it. And as she went through her life of going through the, the, the Holocaust, she realized that I'm a victim, but I'm not going to be victimized. Right. Right. And so she didn't allow them to take her inner power, her inner strength for herself. So that's the same thing here. The scars might be there, but I didn't never let them hold me back. Right. And Victor, and, uh, Victor yeah. Frankel spoke, you know, about that in his book. Exactly. Too. I mean, just exactly. amazing, amazing fortitude to keep that that mindset that yep. this will get better, that this can improve that that hope, somehow keeping that hope alive for people. Right. Man um, search for meaning. And he she is a yeah. student of Victor Frankel's. And I read him. Okay. I read him after I read her. Okay. So, and she's still alive. She's 94 and she's wow. still kicking out. She's still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's something. Yeah. That is really something. But it's that mindset. And you know what? I, I, maybe I, I going through those years, I, I do, I, I had suffered a little bit of PTSD because mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. what's going to happen next? What's going to happen? Next? But it's recognizing that I was suffering it. That was the awareness of it. Okay. So as I went through coach training, I became a life, I became a life coach and I was a divorce recovery coach at first. Okay. Makes sense. Yep. I even yeah. I a book on it. Direct experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And after a couple of years of doing that, I looked in the mirror and I was the heaviest I ever was in my life. And I was like that because I wasn't allowing myself to be coached. I was in a, besides trying to coach here and there, I was in a dead end job. So I allowed myself to accept this was my fate. And even though I tried to do things to change it, I wasn't doing one of the most important things. I wasn't allowing myself to grow, even though I was trying to coach others to grow. Right. I said, I couldn't afford it, a quote unquote, but you know what? It's not, a, it's not a cost. It's an investment. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one day I looked in the mirror. I was the heaviest ever was. And a friend of mine that I had gone through coach training with was on Facebook talking about, hey, I got this video you could do in 30 minutes to work out. I'm like, okay, I could wake up a little earlier. Yeah. I don't have to rationalize that I have to get to work and I can't wake up. I can wake up a little earlier. And I started working out. And those first couple of weeks were killer. Yeah. Even oh, when yeah. I was... <laughs> Even yeah. when I was following the, the moderated person on the video, uh-huh. but I, after nine months, I lost 65 pounds. Wow. Good for you. Thank you. But yeah. you know what came with that? I switched from self-conscious to self-aware. Wow. Okay. So self-conscious is negative guilt. Right. Doing for others. Self-aware is humility. Whereas self-conscious is ego driven. Oh, wow. Self-aware is contentment. Whereas self-conscious is you're always looking for that approval or whatever, hmm. or that, you know, it's deeper, yeah. you know, it's a bunch of it. And that's, that's another card in my deck, actually, that I talked about a little quickly, but it's that. So that switch, let me recognize that my mindset was always in that lack mindset. I can't, it'll never right. happen to me. Why do things happen to me? Right. And now in the abundant mindset, it's, I can, everything is possible. And instead of why, you know, maybe it'll happen for me. And then I recently heard something that I love through me. Right. 
Okay. You know, so I'm going to start taking that into my life as well, happening through me. Wow. And it, you bring up a great point because that, that idea of, you know, especially with the way the times are now, people are watching their, you know, the dollars or cents, everything like that, you know, can't afford it. Well, like you said, it is an investment, but for your knowledge, for your education, for your growth, what's, how do you help people to look at that value? So they see that because right away, the first thing they're going to see is the dollar cost. Right. Right. That's a great mindset. That's a great question. So what I, one of the things I do in my coaching course is I work on all aspects of your uh, abundant mindset. Okay. Physical, personal, professional, spiritual, emotional, mental, and financial. But I leave financial till later. And I'll tell Mm -hmm. you why. Because usually financial is the toughest one for people to, because they're too busy saying, I can't, I can't afford, I can't afford. But if if you start to use the other ones to to lay the groundwork, Mm -hmm. it's great. But here's an idea of what I do with that. I take whatever money comes in and I take 40% of it and I put it on the side. And I split it into different categories, right? One of them is, is to, if a big expense comes my way, mm-hmm. yep. another one is charity. Yep. Another one is golden goose uh, investments, invest in yourself. Yeah. And the last one is fun. Okay. Make sure you're always doing fun and don't go more than 90 days without using some of that money in the night in the fun category on yourself. Right. So you could use some of the fun in education, like coaching, or you could take it from the golden goose because you're investing in yourself. Right. Wow. But it takes some tough times. People are like 40%. Yeah. <laughs> no, see right away. You, you hear it. You know what? I got to live off 60%. Yeah, yeah. They tell you to live off at least 70. Yeah. So 60 is not that far of a stretch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, great, great idea for people. Wow. Um, because it brings up a key point. I think you, you offer encouragement and accountability to people and you know, that scenario right there drives it home. It's accountability literally with the numbers and it's encouragement that you have the opportunity to do these other things. How do you integrate that more for people? So people see that clearer. Yeah. So it's, so you start out and, and look, if, if 40% is tough, start with 20%, whatever it is. And, and know that you, this is just a, a, a stop on the way to getting to 40% because right. people say, I can't. As soon as they recognize that you can live on less money when you recognize that you're spending too much on areas, you don't have to be spending in that way. You know, things just seem to happen right mm-hmm. because you're changing your mindset for that in the way so that it all works out right. So once that starts to happen, you say, okay, I got a little money. For, for example, a couple of years ago, I took my car in for a checkup and I thought yeah. it was going to cost me a hundred bucks. I was like, okay, the checkup, oil change. Well, they called me up. They said, it's going to be $500. I was like, wow. But I looked at my big expenses. I had about $1,200 in there at the time. Yeah. I was like, okay, here yeah. you go. Yeah. And it came out of that and it didn't stop me. Of course I didn't happen. I wasn't happy that I had to pay the extra 400. Right. But it wasn't coming out of my daily expenses. Right. Right. So you have to set yourself up so that when those things are come up, you're ready for it. Yeah, those rainy day items will come up. <laughs> you know, and like you said, yeah, hundred bucks. There's no. no way around it. Yeah, no. Yeah, stuff happens. I mean, it does. They're mechanic cars, mechanical machines. They wear out like your shoes do. You know, you know, you got to buy your kids new shoes sometimes. So that's it. 
it it happens so um well great insight with that that's that's always helpful um yeah. so i haven't explained where the life code came from yeah but, do so now i'm doing all this stuff and i'm loving life and i'm doing something crazy and i'm adhd so it's really crazy <laughs> i was meditating okay wow imagine a guy even yeah. with the even with the yeah. Like, wow. yeah. <laughs> even with the guy in my head yeah. even with the guided meditation getting through 10 minutes was torture but one of these times i had this download that i was loving my life and yeah. everything was doing so after i finished the 10 minute meditation i wrote for two hours wow. and out of that came the acronym l-i-f-e life live incredibly full every day Right. I even started dating because I was liking myself and I was loving myself and I was going to allow myself to be loved. Right. Which is something I was afraid never was going to happen to me. I was, I was afraid to get divorced Yeah. because I thought nobody would ever love me. Right. Mm. So I started dating. I, I met somebody and uh, after two years, we got married. We've been married for almost five years. Good. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. So now it's 2020 <laughs> and something else is going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm looking around that everybody's worried. Yeah. It's May 2020. And my wife and her kids, we decide we're going to drive to New York City from Brooklyn. Now, if anybody's out there driven to New York City on a regular day. Yeah, that's just nuts. <laughs> well, imagine driving straight up 6th Avenue without missing a traffic light. Wow. Because there's no cars on the yeah. road. Right. Yeah. Wow. Now we turn and we drive yeah. down Fifth Avenue past Museum Mile. We stop whenever we want. We're taking pictures. I'm looking at the door and say to my wife, why is everybody worried? Why isn't everybody out here? Why are we not worried? Yeah. And I realized the last 10 years, 12 years have prepared me for anything, even COVID. So I yeah. got to Facebook. I said, guys, I get it. I know why you're why you're why you're so worried. So let me show you how to go for being a warrior to a warrior and that's where the warrior's life code came from awesome that is great i mean and you know just to you know i i could picture going up down fifth avenue and sixth avenue you know just wow you know without light but to to have that feeling of you know if you will carefree yeah. um yeah, that's, a great way that's to put peaceful it. in itself to be able to do that you know, and I think that's such a reward for people to see is that idea that you can bring that to their, that hope, that peacefulness, you know, the way we are in our times, we all need that. Yeah. And I think that's so important that, that you offer that to people. Thank so, you. Um, Martin, tell us more about where people can get a hold of you, how they can find out more about your cards, your programs, your coaching business. Right. Tell us about that if you would. So I made it easy. I said, how am I going to make sure that people come to me where they can remember my name? If you go to connectwithmartin.com. That's simple enough, right? Yeah. You go on there. You can buy my card deck. You can buy my book that's uh, almost done. It might be done by the time this is recorded, yeah. you know, is, is live. Uh, you could also get some free gifts. How about something like this? How about I show you how to have an abundant warrior mindset with seven steps using the, the, the acronym warrior in a coloring book? Hey, cool. <laughs> for adults and yeah. one for kids too. All right. <laughs> we will allow the color. And by the way, guys, it's okay to color out the side, the lines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And that's a, that's, what's nice about it is the smile you have on your face and the excitement and the bringing back the kid, if you will, 
exactly. know, so many things in society, it's, you know, this would <laughs> no, have fun with it. Let's have fun. So, exactly right. you know, why not? We can enjoy this life we're on. It's a short trip. Let's enjoy it. So, right. And every time someone tells you, I, some, you feel like you say, I can't yeah. say, how can I? Right. Great. What can I do to make it so that I can? And the I can't will start to, to melt away. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome reminder for people. Well, Martin, thank you for being a guest on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. I really appreciate what you're doing for our world, for the people you coach, uh, you know, and the smile you're offering us today. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Bob. Have a great day. All right. You have a great day. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at bobbrumspeaks.com for more information. And please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.